welcome to the next episode of our Talking C podcast and video cast series. In this episode, we will focus on the future of um, finance, discussing the latest trends and development in open banking in Central and Eastern Europe. My name is Christina Reichmann. I'm based in Bucharest, and my practice is very much focused on um, advising regional banks and fintechs on open banking projects from the legal point of view. It is my pleasure to co-host this episode together with uh, one of my fellow regional finance partners, um, Ihor Olehov. Ihor is based in Kiev has a wealth of experience in fintech and payment services space and is currently involved in discussions over the new open banking legislation in Ukraine, which we also touch upon today. Welcome, Ihor, over to you. Thank you, Christina. I would like to take uh, this opportunity to further welcome our uh, special guest speakers today uh, to this episode. and. Uh, it's with great pleasure that I uh, want to introduce uh, Stefan Gabic today. Stefan is the managing director of George Labs by Erste, which is the innovation hub and design studio behind, behind the famous George platform, used by more than 6 million people in Europe. Welcome, Stefan. And it, it is my also a pleasure to welcome uh, Enkelade from Raiffeisen Bank Aval, uh, Ukrainian subsidiary of Austrian Raiffeisen Bank. Uh, in, in Ukraine. Enkelet has more than 18 years of experience in the sector and uh, one of his uh, main areas uh, of uh, focus is digital transformation of the bank. Welcome Enkelet. And now over to you, Christina. Thank you, Ihor, and a very warm welcome to our guest speakers today. Well, the term open banking is nowadays on everyone's lips. It's a reality reshaping banks and financial services industry, but also um, uh, the experience of, of bank customers. Um, since the second payment services directive came into effect, the EU has officially decided to open banks to uh, third-party providers, which puts an explicit demand on banks to provide an interface that can be used by themselves and third-party providers in a variety of ways. Um, experts uh, consider the second payment services directive to be as important as the introduction of credit cards. Innovations for the banking sector provide the greatest share of um, fintech solutions in all CE countries. And um, the payments area is a very hot topic, um, mainly due to the launch of numerous breakthrough solutions. Most solutions are developed in-house or provided by emerging fintech providers. So, now is, I guess, a perfect opportunity for a mid-term evaluation. And we aim to find out from our speakers who are at the very core of digital innovation if banks, fintechs and customers in CE are making the most of the opportunities opened by PSD2. 
Stefan, you have an impressive experience pioneering open banking in CE. When did George become a reality and what is its current status across CE? George basically was launched in January 2015 in Austria as a very innovative product accompanied with fresh ideas like, for example, a launch campaign without any banking relation behind uh, as an MVP, minimum viable product, having one feature only and a target to scale, to iterate fast. The idea basically was born 2012 at a kitchen table in Vienna. Our, our startup started uh, with the clear message, if you can't stand the heat, stay out of the kitchen. So we knew it's going to be a hot ride. George from day one had a clear mission. George is here to empower everyone to understand, to manage and to improve their financial life. And we started this journey with the transaction list. So really the basic, basic heart of digital banking. George today means 6.8 million users in six countries. So uh, the entire Erste region is on George. Romania, for example, has already 1.1 million users. That was just launched in, in October 2018. One of the most awesome launch parties I experienced. Uh, what we saw, I see as well today, a clear run towards app. Uh, it depends still on the country, but um, the future is on the app. George today means 116 million logins per month. So 116 million occasions where our bank can approach its customer. And I think we are on a good way on our key target, keep the relevance on our customer interface and do not lose that. Stefan, that's a fascinating journey. And I can tell you that George is part of my life as well. I mean, as a lawyer as a, and, the, and the customer. Uh, we will come back to George a bit later, but now I'm very interested in hearing your thoughts. Uh, on the current status of open banking in general uh, and um, how you see the market evolving in the region and also in light of the pandemic, which for sure accelerated use of technology across the board. Very good point, Christina. So basically, PSD2 was designed and targeted as the key driver and engine for further development of digital banking in Europe. Uh, we built George from the day one exactly on this idea. Even PSD2 was not even on the table, but we saw uh, in the US that the platformication is starting. Today, look, thinking about PSD2, I think uh, it till, still takes a long breath. It is, and it was something like the hot shit in the media. P&L-wise, if you look into the impact on banking, this is not yet here. There are several reasons and just a few of them. UK pioneered um, open banking very early and is still today probably on top of the curve. Uh, Western Europe is still lacking and there are many reasons for that. Um, there are different technical standards in place. Um, UK or the, the Bank of England, others than in Western Europe were very supportive from day one on this industry. Uh, similar to Singapore. So we believe open banking is here to stay. Uh, we will 
we will continue to focus in Romania. BCR is now just going live with multi-banking for retail customers. Uh, on corporate side as well, we have since years an open API gateway in place and the first customers, corporate customers are catching it up. Um, but what we also realized, open banking is truly located. Why? On the one hand side, what I mentioned already, uh, we have delays on a European level. Uh, we have still deviation in local standards. We also saw that anything around API, so this is the the source for, for open banking, this open architecture, data availability and data integrity, even on a local country level, is challenging and complicated. And the third thing probably also is if you want to be relevant on, on an open banking, you have to have a culture, but also a way of working and a process that is extremely agile because things on the other side of banks can change immediately and you have to have extremely short development circles. You have to have the right team behind with the right culture and mindset. Thank you, Stefan and Deep. Uh, it is my great uh, pleasure to watch uh, that uh, uh, a lot of CE-based uh, fintech companies are growing exponentially in the recent years. And uh, we have observed this trend in Ukraine as well. Uh, we have seen that such players as Monobank, uh, EasyBank and other uh, neobanks as well as financial companies such as Moneyware are entering into the open banking space and are changing the landscape of uh, banking in Ukraine. We also know that uh, in Ukraine uh, in February, uh, we have seen that the parliament adopted in the past reading the law on uh, uh, payment services, which incorporates the uh, PSD2, Second Payment Services Directive, into Ukrainian legislation and hope that it will be finally uh, adopted in this year. Enkelate, uh, you've been active uh, in Ukraine for several years and uh, uh, with, with uh, RBI since 2006. How the bank is preparing for open banking introduction in Ukraine? And what do you think will happen to the banking landscape in Ukraine? Yeah, thank you, Igor. Um, first, I consider the open banking law adopted in Ukraine a, a milestone, a very important step for the economy in general, and, and I see it very positively for banks too. So it does a few things. Uh, one of those is uh, it accelerates modernization. So it will put stress on the classical banks. It will put stress on the architecture on the technical side and will accelerate the modernization or moving banks to, to, to a modern age. The second one will give opportunities to a much larger number of actors to create value for customers which I hope will reinvest the value in the economy and, and that should create a, a positive feedback loop or a positive cycle of, of, of value generation. What the bank is doing to prepare is we started a year ago, uh, even earlier, but a year ago, much more intensively to, to modernize, meaning uh, microservices, uh, adopting modern practices, uh, API first. So we want to build for ourselves inside the bank and what we build for ourselves, then be able to expose to the community, not limited to what the law will prescribe, like PSD2 in Europe, but additional services as we grow and as we build in the bank, we need to provide them to the broader audience to use and to build for the customers.
what lessons do you think Ukraine can learn from other CE jurisdictions? Yes, uh, I think it's important to look at uh, the PSD2 adoption in uh, in Europe or in countries which went uh, before. I remember the big fear of uh, some banks when it started some years back and like uh, the end of the world will come and uh, fintechs will eat everything. And But actually, the open banking helped banks to modernize and uh, created more actors and more fintechs, but didn't have probably the, the impact which everybody was hoping for or expecting from. And, and there are a few reasons. Uh, for example, one of those is reliability. How good these APIs work? How or how easy it is to onboard um, a fintech? The security aspects of, of uh, the API or open banking economy. So I believe that Ukraine being a um, uh, late born in this in this uh, field has a chance to learn from failures in Europe, and there are many failures in Europe, so that it can leapfrog. And the market, with its talent potential and its uh, IT savvy and digital savvy, has a chance to to leapfrog. But I would say pay very much attention to keep things simple, to keep the standard neat, and uh, have a focus on reliability and security, so not to not to lose customers in onboarding and not to, to undermine customer experience. Thank you, uh, Enkelet. Uh, Stefan, turning back to you for the second part of our podcast, um, we are clearly seeing a massive shift from the traditional banking offering to digital following the global trend. With your experience in investing into fintechs and seeing all of potential, uh, what are your expectations for the interplay between banks and fintechs for creation of new products in C? Very good topic. So basically, I think there has been no better time to extol the virtues of digital banking than today. But as always, the proof is in the pudding. What do I mean with that? Pandemic, as you said, caused a huge shift in customer behavior. And there are keywords like convenience at first, buy now, pay later. We as a banking industry, we have to continue to adapt to be able to serve these customers and this new customer's experience. Open banking and platformification is a solution, definitely. And what we will see as well in this context uh, completely new products. For example, the point of sales will be the point for lending as well. Trends, basically, what I see is on the one hand side, open banking and infrastructure startups like Tink in Europe, anything around cryptocurrency, uh, it's hot in the media, it's controversial, it is uh, not yet there, let's see. We all have 2008 in our mind when we faced the last banking crisis and products we did not understand. So I'm curious in this, but Bitpanda, for example, is one of the examples, uh, best funded startups in, in Europe. Robert Weiss, the third thing that will just continue. And the fourth thing, and this is probably the, the hottest thing, is anything around buy now, pay later. Just take Klarna, this is a European provider, is currently the most valued unicorn in Europe. In general, I expect that we will continue to expand 
the collaboration with fintechs. We did this starting with 20, in 2015 when we launched George and we had the first fintechs already in Microblink, for example, from Croatia. Uh, we have a great uh, collaboration and experience with Dateo from Czech Republic. Funding-wise, I think the market is still led by UK, Germany, France, Israel are catching up. But the last two, three years, also significant fundies, fundings are getting visible in Hungary, for example, in Romania, but also Croatia. So this will stay. Um, let's um, let's focus again on George, because uh, it's one of my favorite topics. And as I said, it's already part of um, customers' life in CE. Um, let's perhaps close by hearing from you on the plans for George in the near future. Stefan. Very brief. Uh, I think um, probably one of the most remarkable things is that uh, my managing director partner, Maurizio Poletto, was recently appointed as chief platform officer on Erste Group holding board. So George arrived even now on sea level in Erste. We definitely will continue to transform the bank by evolving the way it delivers value to our customers. So to accelerate the position and to further develop George as a platform, as one of the pillars of the group digital experience ecosystem is the thing we want to work on also the next five years. Probably just a few examples. Um, we started already a year ago, one and a half, to build up the same experience like we have today for George Retail, for George corporates and markets. So our idea is that also our SME customers across the group will get an experience uh, that is like George. So our goal is to have one experience across all channels that are customer related in the group. So George business is definitely the top priority for the next two years. Wow. Thank you, Stefan. That sounds Really exciting indeed. And now let me pass on to uh, Ihor and Enkelade before we close. Uh, these days, there is a lot of talk about technology change, about uh, AI and, and other new, uh, new things. And there are a lot of opportunities which are coming out uh, of, of, of these developments. Uh, what would you say about the cultural change and if this cultural change is important for technology? Uh, you, what I tell to my team, um, I say that technology doesn't really matter because technology has come and go for a long time. Technology, we see technology as an accelerator. So it gives opportunities and something good makes it much better and something bad made it much worse. So in the end, technology per se is not a silver bullet. Technology is, is means and tools. We believe that the human part uh, organizational part, cultural part, is what plays a key difference. Mm -hmm. The key difference is, do you have the right human capital to understand the needs of the people in the market, of Ukrainians across, across the country and outside of the country, of companies, uh, understand their needs and articulate these needs to technology, uh, technology solutions? Uh, I, we have seen, we were discussing why projects fail. I think that most projects, probably 90 plus, do not fail because of technology. They fail because of wrong organizations or building a good solution for the wrong problem. So in, in our transformation, 
bringing the light, the right human capital, allowing this human capital to be successful and leverage technology, money, other assets uh, for the market is the key element of, of success or what we are working the most. Mm-hmm. Of course, the technology is, 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 is like a hygiene factor. So it's, it, we are putting uh, some of the most modern technologies. We are working more and more on open source. We are using microservices, streaming, and et cetera, et cetera. But only that will never, ever bring success. It's just a precondition to success. Thank you. And uh, now the last question. Uh, what uh, specific projects in digital uh, transformation does Raiffeisen have for Ukraine for 2021 and maybe for further two, three years? Uh, our, for example, our transformation is, uh, is quite large. So we are redesigning and redeveloping a big part of our systems, starting from the payment uh, flow. We want to be ready for, uh, for a future when instant is the keyword in payments, instant payments. And that's a key part which uh, we are already friends and family. We want to roll it out more and more by the end of the year. We started to build our mobile platform. It's not a mobile app, it's a mobile platform. And uh, our ambition is to have the first adopters by, by, by this year. But the, let's say the mobile platform will not be a mobile app. It's basically a much broader because it reaches across organization to processes to simplifying legal and uh, compliance. So it's to redefine the bank from, from within. And uh, we are doing a lot on data from the open banking, particularly what, what we would like to do this year is to start exposing our first APIs collaboration with, uh, with fintechs. And... Uh, try to accelerate, as, a, as the biggest international bank in the market, try to accelerate this, this trend and bring the fintechs in the game earlier. And we'll continue like this. So as we build for ourselves, we want as well to expose for, for the outside world. So API becomes a keyword. Data, real-time streaming, artificial intelligence is, uh, is an area to grow. And step-by-step, uh, step, this will modernize the bank and as well provide it to the outside world to enrich the offering to our customers. Thank you, uh, Enkelaik. Uh, in summary of today's discussion, I want to say that uh, Ukraine expects a lot of changes with digital transformation of banking and financial services market. Obviously, the new payment services law, which will incorporate the second payment directive and other directives uh, into Ukrainian uh, regulatory framework, will uh, stimulate and incentivize the market participants to develop Uh, the biggest the biggest players in the market are already, as you see, based on experience of Raiffeisen Bank, are already implementing the measures to become uh, digital banks, to become more modern and to encompass these opportunities which open banking presents. So we'll see a lot of change in this area and I hope change for the better. Thank you very much for this last few rather positive um, remarks, Ihor. And uh, with that, let me thank our guest speakers for um, for joining us for this interesting discussion today. Um, I hope that our audience have found this insightful and please do tune in to some of the next episode in Talking CE series. Goodbye.